Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and uh, a glorious day in the neighborhood. And, you know, right out of the box, Mark, mm -hmm. you're telling me that. <laughs> Our office is like a toilet. I mean, is that where we're going with this? I mean, not just our I, office, I'm, every office. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking. To, I look. I thought you were kind of doing that vague generalization thing, no, but no, you were no. actually saying, "Dave, you're a filthy mess." That's what I thought you were. You know, Dave, take a bath. No, if I was talking to Hank, maybe, but not to you. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. my little Hank. Yeah. And you, you probably think the microwave door handle has got to be cleaner than the toilet seat in the office. The fact is that most people believe the restroom is the epicenter of germs in your office. Yeah, after all, you wash your hands afterwards, right? Well, it turns mm -hmm. out you're wrong. The study that uh, the this study here finds out that the the dirtiest surfaces in your workplace are where employees prepare and eat food. Hygienists collected nearly five thousand individual swabs from office buildings containing more than three thousand employees to identify the spots where germs can lurk. The participating workplaces represented a big range of office types, including manufacturing facilities, law firms, insurance companies, and healthcare companies. So you can imagine, like down at the auto shop, that kitchen's going to be nasty. Or the break area's not yeah. going to be really clean, but they got a big cross-section of them. According to the study, break rooms and kitchens top the dirty list, with sink and microwave door handles found to be the dirtiest surfaces of all. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. It really does. <laughs> You know, I get weirded out when you're at it. like, you know, when we had grown through COVID-19 and they put like the, the sneeze guard around everything, yes, you know, like you get yes. like a dollar general or whatever. I always got weirded out at after, you know, you got the sneeze guard and everything else protecting us, but I still have to use the little card punch <laughs> thing to type my number in. Yes. And it's like, it's already got boogers and everything else on it. it and really you know, yeah. you know, Y'all aren't protecting that thing. They should have handed us here. Here's your clean thing to put over that. I'm like, <laughs> I put on rubber gloves to touch that on a good day, you know? <laughs> it's like pay phones. You remember pay phones. Can you oh, imagine yeah. if we still had pay phones today and COVID hit? Holy smolies. I mean, people, <laughs> you'd find people dying at the site. You know, <laughs> the combination last time I used it, the last time I used a pay phone, it stunk so bad. I thought I died. <laughs> Life radio dot FM. It is the Mark and Max show. And we appreciate you joining us. We also appreciate you sharing this with others just by, you know, popping up. Hey, listening to Mark and Mac life radio dot FM. Mark, there are. There are many reasons why uh, a marriage becomes irretrievably broken mm. where somebody decides. And I will tell you that I people get married for the wrong reasons a lot of the time. Okay? Yes, they do. Yeah. And that's why I believe a lot of divorces happen. People are just too um, impatient. You know, rather than waiting on God to, if you're, if, well, okay, let's just deal with Christians. Christians, if you're waiting on God to act, give him time to do what he's supposed to do and yeah. be patient, mm -hmm. you know, just book a James, you know, be patient. But right. anyway, there are times that happen and you wonder how long does an individual put up with it? Mm -hmm. Something. Yep. And in this particular case, um, 
for a man who has one cat, and I believe it might be one too many, mm. I understand this guy. <laughs> well, in divorce papers filed in Israel, a man claiming uh, he, he's claimed that living with his wife had become unbearable ever since she took in stray cats. The man complained that the cats would regularly block his access to the bathroom, made it impossible to cook or eat. They'd constantly be swiping his food off the table. Anybody who's had cats knows this happens, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, you turn your head, your food's gone and the cat's walking across the room with it. Mm. He also alleged that their insistence on sharing the couple's bed prevented him from getting any sleep. Though they, else. Yeah, though, though the pair reportedly tried to reconcile, they ultimately decided to go their separate ways after the wife refused her husband's requests to dump the cats. No. Just a few that's, cats. Just a few cats yeah. probably wouldn't have been much of a strain on the marriage. But that's she, what I'm saying, Mark. It's like, but how far can you go? I mean, come on, guy. You, you know, you knew she liked cats, right? Mm-hmm. So what are, are we talking two or three? And he just decided he couldn't tolerate it. Four, maybe. Okay. I know some people who have four or five cats because... You know, they just can't pick which ones to get away. I understand that. So why couldn't this guy deal with four or five cats is what I want to know, Mark. 550 cats. Five. I'm going to eat a bowl of shut the heck up now. 550 cats. you got to be kidding. I'm not. So 549 was okay, but 550 <laughs> was that straw that broke the camel's now back. Now we know where to cross the line right there. I said four or five, not four or 500. <laughs> Five. Come on, man. Really? Five hundred and fifty cats. Sadly, while they were counting, they now have five you know, <laughs> five hundred and seventy-five cats. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how much they spend on cat litter? Uh, oh. Wow. Just the I'm thinking you may as well go ahead and move to a cleaning service because the whole thing's gonna smell like ammonia. Good grief, do they live on the beach? That would be the only way they're going to make it happen, you know? No. Here here you go, guys. Time to hit the litter box. Oh, wait a minute. Don't go near that umbrella. That would, you know. Oh, <laughs> that's a grief. lovely fur coat you have, ma'am. Can you tell me about that? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a fur coat. My cat's shed. Yeah. I'm just thinking, where did the guy sleep, period? He was saying that, you know, they, they insisted on sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. Well, 550 cats? Dude, well, they are you on top? Do you have a mattress? They don't need blankets. Man. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Market Max Show, and, you know, um, we have talked uh, on this program about education because uh, Mark, well, Mark grew up in an academic home. Mm. I mean, when your mom has written more college textbooks than I've read in my life, I mean, <laughs> tells you about everything. You, I mean, you guys didn't get presents for your birthday. You got papers to grade, I'm guessing. But, you know, well, it wasn't exactly I believe like education that. is. Yeah. I just believe education is that one thing that um, that you should take seriously. But. I think going to college right out of high school is not the best move for a lot of people. I, yeah. I do. I, I just think the, how do you, if you don't know, if, unless you have like Mark and I both knew at an early age, what we wanted to do in life in terms of radio and TV broadcasting. But if you don't have a family member in it, you know, it, you're fighting an uphill battle because your family goes, you want to do what, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where, who, who gave you that stupid idea, you know? And, <laughs> 
you know, it, that's a battle. And, and anyway, yeah. education helps with all kinds of things. But, you know, if you don't know what you want to do, when you, I mean, you're 17, 18 years old getting out of high school. Think about what you knew then versus what you know now. Put that on a 17 or 18 year old and see how that works out, <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. But but there is something that you can do now. And, and we have suggested you because this is specific to Alabama, because I don't know what every other state is like, but we have a great junior college system here um i'll use gadsden state as a prime example because they do cover a lot of the state right but gadsden state works closely with jacksonville state university so you can actually take the basics that you have to get out of your way towards your degree field and you can do those through gadsden state which is way more affordable than a four-year university right the first two years of your education are pretty much taken care of then and you can do that with a pell grant while you work a job if you need to then after you've had a couple of years getting the basics out of the way and you kind of have been, you're drifting towards something of interest, yeah. then you can transfer to a four-year university because the, the credits are all, you know, if you make sure they're all transferable. Right. Yeah. Then you've only got two years at a major university that costs you a little bit of money and you have your degree. Right. Well, that, that's the one way. That's a traditional way of looking at it. But now there are schools in the great state of Alabama that are making a college available to high school students. Uh, while they are in school. So right. while you're in high school, you can actually begin taking those classes at mm -hmm. a local, at a college nearby. And boom, when you graduate from high school, you can graduate with other degrees as well. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just Alabama doing that. We've got a girl in Ohio that is actually doing something really special with this. Yeah, Abby, Camp uh, Abby Campana. She's she's actually doing a double celebration. She is the first student at Lakeview Local Schools in Ohio to graduate from both college and high school in the same year. In fact, she technically earned an associate degree from college before she even got her high school diploma. According to Lakeview Local Schools, 17-year-old Abby has been taking classes at Youngstown State University since her sophomore year of high school. Uh, after getting the first year under her belt, Abby mapped out a plan to obtain her associate degree by the time she'd graduate from high school. She's been taking college classes full time for the past two years, earning 80 credit hours and graduating with a 4.0 GPA. Lakeview Sco Local School said all the credits she earned at YSU also counted for her high school diploma. Just days <laughs> after graduating with an associate degree in business administration from YSU, Abby graduated from Lakeview High School as a valedict their valedictorian. She plans to attend Bowling Green State University in the fall as a freshman, so to speak, <laughs> but will yeah. start the year taking uh, junior level classes and could obtain a bachelor's degree in two years. Right. And again, this is not uncommon. I'm glad they're they're making a big deal out of her. But in Alabama, because we get we get such a we have such a bad reputation. People think we're all, you know, living in trailers, marrying our sisters. They don't think about how NASA is in and is in Huntsville with right, you yeah. know, just as incredible. We have very smart people here who have done a great job mm -hmm. with making college affordable. That's why whenever I whenever I see these kids, you know, that have the rainbow color hair was, you know, protesting over, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. it's like, you know what? You guys made the choice to borrow a hundred thousand dollars to get right. a four year degree mm -hmm. in making unisex underwear, you know? Yeah, right. And the fact that you can't pay that back because you can't make a living is not my fault. I ain't paying for it uh -huh. because in Alabama you can, you can actually do this. And, and by the way, 
people in Alabama that hear that story are going to go, but my daughter did the same thing. Yeah, we know that. Okay. Just saying that it is that, it is that unique. It is a very unique thing. But if you've got a young person that is in elementary or junior high right now, think about it. Some that are academically inclined can do this. It's already available. Mm. And I just encourage you to get after it, man. How cool is that? Yeah. That, you know, because we bash education all the time, mainly because of some of the weird stuff they try to teach, mm. you know, indoctrinating kindergartners and, you know, preschoolers. It's indoctrination. But from an education standpoint, the opportunity exists if you are willing to excel. Mm. And it takes, by the way, it's hard work. You, you, and you don't graduate. Also, like on that. the junior college level, as we were talking about earlier, there is less of that because it's local. And, yep. you know, you, you they answer to more people. And it's. It's, it's a better environment. It just is. Yes. Now, now, think about this. Much better. This young lady has an associate degree in business administration, mm-hmm. which means right. that very soon she's going to end up getting hired by somebody, mm-hmm. and she could be your boss at yep. 17 years old. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned in the uh, in the bet, Mark, that she, she'll, she got her two-year degree now. Yeah. She'll go and she'll get a, she can get her bachelor's in two years, but yeah. chances are being the fact that she is that person that's proven she can handle a lot. She can mm-hmm. appeal to the school and actually knock out two years in one by <laughs> going so, to yeah. summer and winter. And, you know, really, wow. instead of doing a 16-hour semester, do an 18- or 20-hour semester, wow. knock this out and move on. Think about She yeah. could be, wait a minute, well, is her she, middle name Sheldon? <laughs> liveradio.fm the mark and max show and you uh by the way can go online and join us for our daily bible reading um we it it actually is read the bible in a year and it's not starting at genesis and ending you know at revelation it actually (laughs) it, it makes it um it takes a lot of the stories and fits them so that chronologically speaking you can keep track of things a little bit better it made it easier for me anyway Whenever I say something like that, Mark, I invariably will get somebody will call me on the carpet about, well, Dave, I read it just from Genesis to Revelation. I had no problem whatsoever. Well, good I'm like, for well, you. Yeah, maybe I'm just an idiot, okay? But it helped me. And, you know, it's like, yeah. Anytime you try to say anything that's not I know, just, I know. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm like, having flashbacks to the, mm-hmm. the the Bible Bowl. You know, I just oh oh buddy. gosh. You, I just want to tell you, I'm really sorry, lady, for sitting in your seat at your church. But I was visiting and I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, my socks didn't meet with your approval. Yeah, I'm just so wow. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm we sorry. have a way of doing that, don't we, Mark? We certainly you know? do. I don't understand why. I just don't. Yep. But we I know do. that. I was at a church when, um, you know, there was a time and it's about 10, 15 years ago, maybe a little longer actually now, but it kind of became a thing in our, the community I live, uh, a number of churches. Well, there was a program, um, that started alcohol drug rehabilitation program began out of a church that collapsed because the pastors, the pastor and his wife both had, uh, come out of drug and alcohol addiction. And he became a full-time pastor and they built a church and, you know, on that sobriety. And anyway, well, years later, um, they lost the church when uh, his pastor's wife started using drugs again. They would go to visit a family, a church family member, and they would, she would excuse herself and go into the bathroom and go through their medicate, their, their pill bottles. Oh, I've heard of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, and it had more than you would want to admit, but yeah. you know, that's what people, you know, the world loves to point to failed Christians as they see y'all are just, you know, yeah. hypocrites. Yeah. Well, Look how no, perfect you are. Well, that's not the point. Yeah. And the point is we're not perfect right. and we know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no. so they lost the church and a building was empty and uh, the pastor wanted to do something. So he opened up a recovery program um, and, uh, and it became successful. Well, that bred other churches to say, you know, and, and this is the church competitive mentality. Mm. Well, they're doing it. We can do it better. Right, you know, we yeah. have people in our church. And so they would come up with a ministry that uh, usually, because a lot of churches open their doors to groups that want to uh, have an alcohol, an AA meeting, for example, sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and it became kind of competitive. So a number of churches in the area where this, again, it was a church that collapsed under because of drug addiction. And the church building was used by building it back up as a place of recovery, you know, taking a failure and making something out of it. Yeah, yeah. And other churches being competitive and, not, and wanted to do. And so they got into the idea of, you know, running a recovery program. Right. And unless your heart is in it, unless you have somebody in charge that has a passion to help people, you know, overcome recover and all it's more than just learning the 12 steps and repeating it you know mm. and a number of churches started programs and um when i remember being at a church when i was, I was asked to speak because they had their very first graduation ceremony and they had gone with a 90-day program okay where in 90 anyway which i'm not a fan of but mm. i was asked to speak and so i did and i shared my testimony and the church applauded. It was a big, big crowd. Church applauded as a, each of the, I think there were seven graduates in this first group and the church applauded and everything else, you know, and I said, Hey, um, you know, at the end, here's the thing to remember friends is it's great that you're cheering these individuals on now for what they've done and in recovery. But when one of them falls, when one of them has a, a, a step back, are you going to be there to help or judge? Are you going to offer them a seat next to you in the car on your way to church? Or are you going to tell them to hitchhike their way to jail? Because that's the reality of recovery. You know, the recidivism rate in, in ending back up in a recovery program, it's huge. You know, people do fail. It takes time. And, you know, anyway, I just think of when I try to explain this to folks, they're like, but if, if so-and-so loved his or her children, wouldn't he stop? Or you're like, look, it has nothing to do with that. You know, it's, yeah. it's bad. God will take care of everything. But think about this. If you don't have alcohol and drug addiction as your issue, whether it's overeating or smoking or foul language, you name it. What have you tried to eradicate from your life mm. and you have failed? You know, you trust God, you pray to God, please remove this, whatever. And, and yet you fail, not God. Mm. Well, it's the same for an alcoholic or a drug addict. They will fail and they will fall, but it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Just right. get up and move on. Yeah. And yet what will happen is in the church, we like to point our bony finger mm. of righteous indignation because that is such a public fail. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I, it breaks my heart. Because I know people in the church have a good heart for the most part. People want, you know, but we fall back into yeah. our old pattern of thinking. And we, as a church, have got to have more love for one another than we show. Yeah. We have to. LifeRadio.fm. 
It's the Mark and Mag Show, chuckling about a little golf, you know. <laughs> wow. Well, we got talking about, you know, Mark and I have had um, the privilege to know a number of pastors mm-hmm. that are truly good men. Yeah. Um, that I don't know what they were. Some some had another career before they became and were called into the ministries. Right. Others didn't. Others just always felt that calling and, you know, followed that path. No matter which way your pastor came to the pastor, they were called. Yeah. If they weren't called, they need to get out now before right. yeah. they really suffer. Because mm. if you aren't called, boy, it's a special ministry, man. Mm. It really is. And we were remembering mm. one of these guys, and I mm-hmm. remember today we played golf with yeah. him. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and how he was just not happy with himself at all that day. <laughs> How funny. I just, that was funny. He had some nice clubs, if I remember. Yeah, but he just, he just, ah, that was stupid. Why did I do that? It was like, hey, hey, it's just, I mean, it's not like there's a million dollars on the line here, buddy. Just, right. (laughs) When I play, I'm kind of like when Happy Gilmore played with Bob Barker, you know, in the, uh, that's kind of what I play like most of the time. It's, if there's woods, if there's water, if there's sand, I'm your man. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same way. Well, that one's in the woods, too. Yeah. Come on. I need Rocky Raccoon to help me with or Sammy the Squirrel. Somebody needs to get that ball out in the fairway. Winter rules. I just Baldini. need another ball, Romeo. Come on. You yeah, know? that's it. So sad. But the thing is, is that I told him, you know, you get to a point in, in golf in particular that anybody can play golf it, just almost anybody mm. and well if i can it is, yeah anybody can <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i remember um you know you've seen the little metal uh stick figure guy that they put out at a driving range that shows you know you move the you hold the 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 club in and the metal guy with no muscles hits it mm. i don't know have you seen this uh no i haven't okay it's a great object lesson and especially for young guys, you know, who are muscle guys and just want to kill everything hard. Well, that's not the game of golf. The club does the work for you. And, uh, you know, this little metal guy will teach you that because oh, you're watching okay. him going, wait a minute. And what it does, is you put a driver um, or a nine iron, whatever it is, and you'll see what the club will do as right, opposed yeah. to the human. I got you. But yeah. like our friend, the pastor who got so mad at himself, it was because he expected more of himself mm-hmm. than he should have. He expected to play like Arnold Palmer in his prime when reality he played more like Dave Mack on a good day, you know? I've been there too. I mean, it's just, you know, you get, I've been frustrated on the golf course. Like, you know, our buddy Mike and I would go play, mm-hmm. we'd go play golf about once a week. And there would be a, you know, I, I'd be, I would be in a spot where I've been before, use the same club, do the same setup, make the swing. And last time we were here, I was on the green. This time I'm in the water. And I just don't, I don't understand why, you know? That's where I'd like to play, you know, hey, can we pick and choose the balls we've hit on this hole before? Yeah, can, can, we, know, yeah, can we do so, it like a tournament, you know? Where yeah, we it's, just pick it's the best my ball. best ball tournament. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'll play my ball from three weeks ago when I hit it right there. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd vote for that every time. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show where uh mark's mansion turning into wisteria <laughs> lane and uh, kind of loving it uh, by the way if you uh when you listen to the show online we appreciate you sharing it with others we tell you we are broadcasting live from alabama um today is june 1st uh because 
because we don't want you to think, well, right. are we just listening to an old recording? No, yeah. it's June 1st, 2022, believe right. it or not, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Wow. How about that? And we got the short week this week because of uh, the past weekend where we have Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, you know, uh, this Friday, June 3rd, will be, uh, I'm not going to tell you the number of years, but it's the, the day I graduated from high school. Wow. On June 3rd. Isn't that a weird thing yeah. to remember, you yeah. know? I can remember so few things back then, but that's when I do remember. I know. And nowadays you drive by a high school one day. I mean, you drive, at least in my, in my life, I drive by a high mm-hmm. school like I did uh, yesterday and go, wow, there's nobody there. Oh yeah. They're out. Yeah. You know? They're out. <laughs> yep. You know, it's funny cause we'll do stories, you know, along the way of um, like in a couple of weeks, there will still be children in school in different mm-hmm. areas. Cause they take in like here in Alabama, we tend to, our school systems tend to take in, about the 8th, 9th, 10th day of August yeah. and get out right bef- the week before Memorial Day, usually. That's kind of how we've done it. But when you and I, when I was a kid, our schools took in after Labor Day and got out after Memorial Day. Right. You know, we. it seems like we would get out in the middle of June. Yeah. I did. It always seemed that way to me. I, I, but we didn't go in as early. And I just. Right. You know, I. Bless their hearts. These kids need a summer. They need a whole yeah. summer, you know? Well, you know, I used to, and, and something else I, I've wondered about, because there was a time, gosh, now it's been a long time ago, where they talked about year-round school, and I yeah. thought that meant that children didn't get, like, a summer vacation or whatever, and um, year-round school is nine weeks, then taking two or three weeks off, then nine, you know, they right. still get yeah, Christmas yeah. and all that, but that way, and the way it was, because I was against it until um, a parent told me about how it worked for them. And all of a sudden they were able to take trips at different times of the year. Right, you know, yeah. where it was a little more affordable. And uh, anyway, they talked about how, you know, think about it when you're a kid after two or three weeks of summer, you're bored. It's mm-hmm. just, well, we were, I remember, yeah, we were, you know, I don't remember. I don't know what kids do now, but I know that, you know, we would get bored. Mm-hmm. Now it's like kids, I guess, have plenty of time to be occupied with the internet or whatever i don't know and that's why kid, that's do. why people used to well and they still do not as much though but they'd send kids off to camp you know i don't know oh, yeah you, you had yeah. some i remember having summer camp experiences but yep but you don't hear about that so it much anymore long enough. no no it wasn't wow, long enough. You you're had, right you know you'd have about a week and and you just when you learned Man. how to how to weave that stuff and make lanyards and stuff <laughs> you had to go yeah. home you know <laughs> but remember the movie meatballs where they did the whole camp for the summer you know they loaded them up and said i'll see you at the end of summer son i yeah. remember yeah. Ladonna and i were watching that not long ago just you know one of those nights where the ab you've got five thousand channels we got movie channels that have the latest movies out yeah. and, all, yeah. and yet we decide on meatballs from bill murray 1979 oh. you know okay and, and you say that and what i think of is the old uh, the old disney show spin and marty you know because that was about a dude ranch and of course that's out in california they're thinking about that but it was the same thing it was summer camp but it was at a ranch and that that kind of thing used to happen but you don't hear that wow. anymore you know no mm. when i think of dude ranch i kind of picture a guy with uh <laughs> hmm, a camera and uh here put this hat on no you don't need anything else let me get a picture and that's what i mean you say dude ranch oh i well yeah, yeah. or or <laughs> you think of the the billy crystal movie um where they were they oh movie, yeah did the cow city slickers city slickers yeah boy would that be a vacation for kids they're they're doing a cattle drive for a month 
That would be amazing. I can't imagine that phone call. <laughs> I got to call Mr. Smith. I can't find that daggone Johnny. <laughs> well, where do you think he is? He's either in the river or out in the plains. I ain't sure. Maybe one of the cows he ate him. He keeps wandering off. I warned him, but, but he we, won't listen. But Mr. Smith, would you tell Mr. Jones we can't find Billy either? So, you know, maybe they're together. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show getting weird thinking about summer <laughs> vacations and things but you know not it's vacation but summer camp that we, we remembered other things like you were talking about chris farley and um uh, and he and his brother used to do that he talked about when they were yeah. kids doing the summer camp thing and they mm-hmm. remembered in a movie it was one of the adams family movies where they yeah. sent they sent wednesday off to summer camp in the, like, <gasps> remember when they got like the timeout shed or whatever it was yes. and it had like a we are Mar- michael jackson gonna save the world or whatever <laughs> yes oh and now ah, you know <laughs> wow what happened to summer camp that's a good question yeah just to me wait a minute the woman who played leonard's mom on big bank theory yes. was one of the camp counselors yes she was wow. baranski yes christine baranski anyway. she's been in yeah. so many wow. things yeah. oh yeah what them but you know i don't know i'm i'm sure they do those summer camp things but i don't i don't imagine i never got to go to the long one i only went to like uh, yeah, when i was a kid like we would go week. to like a one week thing right. yeah yeah but i i know they always had some that were much longer you know that lasted for the summer and like in the movie meatballs with bill murray um they it was they it was long enough that you know they had um a parents weekend when right. the parents showed up and saw the kids you know right. it's like yeah. A midweek, midsummer thing, but anyway, just weird memories. I wonder mm-hmm. if any of y'all did that. Hit us up on Facebook. Tell yeah. us your camp stories. I'd like to hear that. I really would. Yeah, it'd be funny. Yep, I make agree. one up. Yeah, <laughs> make it entertaining. We might use it, but don't make it up for the you know what forum. We're not printing that. <laughs> oh come on. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show beautiful day in the neighborhood man mm-hmm. just well yeah june 1st it feels like we're in summer i know summer doesn't begin till around the 20th but you know yeah you go outside for a little while today and tell me that again okay because <laughs> <laughs> it is hot it's, yeah it's alabama it's not just hot it's hot and it's humid it's just really it's the what kind of forecast to- are we looking at are we there now are we in our summer forecast mark i think this week is kind of t- except you might want to add about five more degrees to it because it oh hits, yeah you know it hits the upper 80s about now but when it really gets into swing we're looking in the low 90s low to mid 90s pretty much consistently and it's just mm-hmm. that you combine that and the humidity and it's right. it I mean, okay. if you're an air conditioner salesman, it's the time of year you love. Man. I mean, <laughs> all right. So here we go because, like today in our area, high today around ninety. Right. But then it does take a little drop Friday down to eighty three, and then eighty four on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But after that, from next Monday on, we are going to be in that summer forecast of you know pretty much highs in the low to mid nineties, chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. Yep. You know? Yep. That's and, it. And there you go. Yep. Wow. That's so, right. We were talking about golf earlier. You hit that. You hit that summer forecast, and every time you're thinking, "What's that percentage of uh, that chance of rain?" And, uh, yeah. and it's, if, if it's anything above thirty, you go, "I don't know," you know, <laughs> because if it's, uh, it's above thirty, you're going to get wet. You know, <laughs> you just yeah. are. You Best just, thing <laughs> is, you just plan on not being at the golf course after 
two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. You know? or you're going to be under one of those shelters for a little while. Yeah, yeah. for a little while, and you know, and then it's so hot and steamy after that you throw in the towel. Uh, That's yeah, the thing. If you've yeah. ever waited, if you've ever waited out an Alabama thunderstorm, oh. not at the beach, but inland, yeah. it's like you think, well, it'll cool off after. No, it doesn't. No, actually, I think the temperature yeah. goes up after that. <laughs> that humidity factor oh. makes it five times worse. It's so bad. Yeah. Oh, and then you you're soaking wet, but you get dehydrated. That's the other part of that that they don't bother to tell you. That's true. It's very true. <laughs> Plus, if you're on the golf course, you have twice as many water hazards now. I mean, <laughs> Mark and Mac mornings only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, in this, uh, day that we live in now um there are a lot of people who don't know how to dress appropriately we have men dressing as women women uh, dressing as men yeah. um it used to be you know a punchline, or you know people would do it for whatever reason right, now yeah. it's really something so when i saw this i thought man mark is is this guy a hater of you know because <laughs> we have the headline says man disguised as old woman mm-hmm. smears cake across the front of mona lisa right how do we know that he is not you know <laughs> how do we know that that's part of the thing like maybe he lives his life as an old woman you know mm, i don't know i think uh i think there's more to the story which we'll learn as we press forward, <laughs> a man disguised as an elderly woman in a wheelchair smeared cake across a piece of glass that protects the Mona Lisa at the Par- at Paris's famous Louvre uh, Museum. Excuse me. And we- he was sent out for a psych, at- uh, psych evaluation. Gee, <laughs> you think? The incident happened yeah. Sunday when the man, who wore a black wig and lipstick, abruptly smeared the glass with a piece of cake. One witness said in a tweet that the man jumped out of a wheelchair and attempted to smash the bulletproof glass of the Mona Lisa before he smeared the cake on it. Another said he also threw roses before he was tackled by security. Some said the stunt appeared to be a climate change protest. (laughs) See, there we have the other part of the story. That's the other shoe. And the 36-year-old man shouted in French to think about the earth. The man was arrested and sent for psychiatric evaluation. Painted by Leonardo Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa is believed to have been created between 1503 and 1506 and is considered by many to be the world's most famous and most visited work of art. Bulletproof glass was placed over the painting after two attacks in 1956 when it was splashed with acid and chipped with a rock. Yikes. Boy, somebody really hated that painting. (laughs) I'm just thinking, is this guy going to sue now? Because, you know, again... You know, they act like he dressed up like that, and they made it part of the, What if that's how he lives his life? He's 36, but he thinks he's an old woman. Oh, so I mean, now he's we going said to, to say what was going to happen. He's going to sue for somebody assuming his gender. Is that what we're getting Yes, at? Ah. and that's what I'm saying. So we've now assumed it, and that, you know, we participated in the assumption now. Oh, fine. We could be sued as well. Uh-oh. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and um you know mark i realized a few minutes ago talking about the uh the old lady in the wheelchair who yeah, yeah. in his other life claims to be a 36 year old man right yeah. and you know i'm not sure which one's right but how many times you and i will identify somebody as a man or a woman and we might be misidentifying their gender i don't know that for a mm. fact i'm just throwing yeah. it out there that <laughs> in this day of crazy where wait a minute 
There are only two choices here. Now, you can make up whatever you want. Right. But we're not playing string theory at Caltech, okay? Mm -hmm. We're not inventing math to compensate for who you, you know, what you want to claim. Right. There are still only two. That's true. Can you imagine the blowback, the, the, the woke finger ringing, ringing and pearl clutching and screeching that would happen if Saturday Night Live resurrected the character Pat? (gasps) Oh, buddy. Yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember the movie on that? I remember there being a movie. movie. I didn't see it, but I do remember there being a movie, yeah. I did. I saw the movie. Oh, as Pat. bless your heart. And yeah, but there was another character on though on there. And I think, oh my gosh, I think the name that one used was Sandy. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. Right. You know, you had the another name, name go thing going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, that is a, they, they ought to bring that character back, you know? <laughs> well, when they've decided they want to torpedo the whole show for forever, they could, you know? Well, because the, the protests would be just actually now that i think about it but that would be amazing publicity they should do that yes yes somebody call snl oh. i just you know what i remember most about the, the movie it's pat you know mm-hmm. was um that charles rocket was used in it came out in the early 90s but charles rocket had a part and charles rocket is that guy who got fired from saturday night live because they were live and he dropped an F-bomb right? Yeah, uh, during the show. And I'm like, okay, even live, normally, even live, you have a delay. So that doesn't happen. Right. And they claim they didn't. You oh, know? yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, but, and, and it wasn't Sandy. I actually pulled the IMDB. Mm-hmm. Dave Foley played a character named Chris. Okay. okay? Chris, okay. not Christopher, not okay. Chrissy, but Chris. Yeah. So huh. you had Pat yeah, yeah. and Chris uh-huh. and Charles Rocket, who had this beautiful wife in the show, in the show, they lived in, I think in the same apartment complex and he became in just what is Pat, you know, uh-huh. he's got this beautiful woman and, and he falls in love with Pat because he doesn't know what Pat is. And he's just totally consumed with trying to figure out what that is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm gonna have to pull that movie out and watch it now because that actually would be funny. I wonder if people would be offended or, you know. Oh, of course they would. I will tell you this. The movie was so bad or so poorly received back then mm-hmm. that it got pulled from theaters its first week, okay? <laughs> like it, it opens on a Thursday, and Saturday night, they're pulling it, man. Talk about a box office bomb. <laughs> yeah, but I saw it and liked it, so what does that say about me? liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us weekdays and hopefully you're sharing this with others as well we appreciate that because where else can you get a daily update of the guinness book of world records i mean we actually should have a sponsorship here mark i know we should uh, we've got an opener for what it is that? It's, a, it's a major award Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. <laughs> the man who holds the Guinness World Record for the most squares tattooed on his body, that would be 848 of them, said he has since added more squares to his body as well as a special Guinness tattoo. Matt Gone, that's G O N E, 
Matt gone was awarded the Guinness title for most squares tattooed on the body in 2014 when the squares on his body were tallied at 848. Gone said in a new video from Guinness World Records that he has since added 20 to 30 more squares to his body. He can't remember. Is it 20 or 30? Uh, in the form of various flags. The video also featured footage of Mr. Gone getting a Guinness World Records logo tattooed on the back of his leg at a convention in Colmar, France. <laughs> wow. <sighs> 848. Wow. Wow. So he's got like 870 or so of them now, 880 of them. I, I yeah. just, this, this goes back to what I've said so many times is that Guinness will create a category for you. <laughs> You know, yeah. But what's funny is when he drinks the glass of water, he walks out in the yard and waters it. You know, just, just like a little sprinkler. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mag Show. You know, um, we have not spent a lot of time talking about the school shooting out in Texas, and right. um, the the reason is there were so many. Um, there were so many things being said at the beginning of the coverage that didn't seem right. And so we're right. kind of waiting for the dust to settle. And now that it has, you know, we know that one of the things that happens from these things is of course, the liberal Democrats that come out of the woodwork uh, to say, we need to ban guns. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have those who actually have common sense. And this is out of uh, Lumberton, North Carolina. They have a sign and it's posted outside of schools in the uh, area. And it says this attention, Lumberton ISD has trained employees whom the board of trustees have authorized to carry a concealed handgun to protect our students, staff, and visitors. Right. That's your common sense response to idiots, yeah. you know, and it works. So just throwing it out there that the, the one big reason we didn't spend and won't spend a lot of time on the school shooting is I, we don't know what to believe. What's the truth and what really happened. Mm -hmm. And, at some point in time, we'll have a better idea of what happened. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter what you have in terms of, you know, the police uh, protecting, you know, if I'm not knocking police, but right. it appears the police in Uvalde did not do their job. Mm. And, you know, that's the, the part that really bothers me. Because, a, lot, a lot like Parkland you know, in Florida. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, it just for the sake of argument, how many of us and you don't like to play the hypothetical hero, but I can't imagine seeing something happen and not trying to do right. You know, something to stop it. Mm -hmm. I just can't. And some and did. I would hope I was with Mark because Mark's always packing, man. Mark's <laughs> packing. He it's like if Mark's standing at the back of his car, there's a compartment back there that has a gun. You know, he no matter where he is, he's got access to a gun and it's loaded, ready to go. It's kind of like that scene in Men in Black when they open the trunk, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, but back to the more serious. I'm still thing. looking for that guy, that one big wheel thing. That's what I want. The air, well, you know? Uh, well, the thing is that. Uh, uh, people say, well, they had a, they had a security officer. Apparently he wasn't on duty. Uh, yeah. A lot of schools will have a security officer. Guess who's going to be the first person taken out when somebody walks in like that, they're going right. to look for that guy. And that's the guy they're yeah. going to kill first. So yeah. the solution is to, is to make it a mystery. Who's got the gun. Yep. So you never and know. Make it so 
Yeah. Those who work in the school, it's a volunteer thing. You wouldn't yeah. require it. No, you, know? you, you wouldn't. Just but the thing is, the, the resistance to that, I see this in social media all the time. Oh, so these people are struggling to, to do this and to provide, provide materials for their classes, and they're struggling to do lessons. They try, they had good all this sort of stuff with the kids, and you want them to also be marksmen and go and be guard, you know, guard mm-hmm. dogs. Stand. No, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. You, you don't force anybody to do anything. If yeah. somebody – if if their conscious tell conscience tells them, you know, I, I need to be responsible. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go get a little bit of instruction and hone my skills a bit and mm-hmm. be more confident with my, with my sidearm. Then, then that's the person you choose, yep. you know, that's it. And those people are all over the country. I mean, right. I, you and I probably both know teachers who would, if they could, would be carrying on the job right. every day because they care yep. about their kids. But, they won't let them do that. And that's the, and the crazy thing is that that's the argument that comes back from the left, including our president that, mm-hmm. you know, the, more guns is not the problem. We've got to, we've got to get these guns off the streets. He's even talking about nine millimeters. Now he's let yeah. that slip the other day. Yeah. Well, there's an old saying is it when, on, when only the, let's see, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. And that's the truth because the people that are causing all of the pain and suffering and injury with firearms right now are people who should not have them and are legally prevented from having them. Usually, usually the vast majority. I mean, look at Chicago, Chicago over the past week has had more casualties, gun casualties than happened in that school, but you're not hearing anything about that. Not at all because it doesn't suit a political purpose. Those people committing all that crime and all that pain and all that suffering in Chicago, those people aren't low. Those people have bought guns illegally. They have, uh, the, most of them have, have criminal records and aren't, aren't allowed to have guns. Even, they can't even touch a gun without going to jail, but they've got them. So it's not a matter of getting rid of uh, punishing people who aren't breaking the law because the lawless will also always be breaking the law. So if you pass more laws, it doesn't affect the lawless. It only affects you and me, the people who really do care. And that's the problem with passing more gun legislation because more gun law will just be ignored by the people who are ignoring the existing gun LifeRadio.fm, The Market Mag Show, and, uh, you know, daily podcast of the show, usually available by 10 o'clock Central Time each, you know, unless you're on Google. And we appreciate you checking that out. But I got to be honest, Mark, when I saw the uh, bearded dragon SpongeBob story, you yeah. know, in the, the prep, all I could think of is SpongeBob SquarePants was the 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 last straw. Well, or first straw, depending. I don't know. When uh, we had the mothers against Mark and Mac. Yep. And it was because I told a story of sitting uh, with my daughter, Hannah, when she was like three years old. We had our little time. Um where we would sit in the recliner and I would, we would snuggle and watch SpongeBob. Right. It was just our time together, you know, with nobody. It was usually early in day on Saturday or what anyway. And back then people were especially religious people who believed you should only watch veggie tales or Bible man. Mm. were just totally offended that I was watching SpongeBob with my daughter. Yeah. And they just, I'm used that as the launching pad to, you know, get rid of Mark and Mac, which did not work out well for them. No. But anyway, no. That's why I love seeing a SpongeBob story in our prep, man. Yeah, me too. Meanwhile. 
The New England Animal Medical Center in Bridgewater said in a Facebook post that Randy the Bearded Dragon's owners brought him in when he got his head stuck inside of a toy pineapple. Actually, it was the undersea home <laughs> from SpongeBob in SquarePants. You know, he lives in that pineapple under the sea. Yeah. Okay, here's a, uh, here's a who refresher. Lives in a pineapple under the sea. Here's a refresher. Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? See, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. So, Love it. <laughs> Randy the Bearded Dragon tried to visit SpongeBob SquarePants yesterday and ended up in the ER. Their Facebook post said, We're not laughing at you, Randy. We're laughing with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> the veterinarian said they broke the toy open to free Randy without injury. Um, the pineapple didn't make it, but Randy is back home happily lying in the sun. <laughs> Hospital room. Wow. The post said Randy's predicament, uh, predicament was the cutest emergency they'd ever seen. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's a bearded dragon, Mark? It's a lizard. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was just thinking, okay, so the bearded dragon lives underwater? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm doesn't. sorry. I'm trying to catch on. It looks kind of like a um, like a, a miniature dinosaur. It, it really, really does look like that. Yeah, they're weird looking little critters. They are pretty jazzed at that. I'd like to have one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Because boy, if they get away and get bigger, you know, ooh. <laughs> it's kind of like iguanas. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're kind of prehistoric mm-hmm. looking and think, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. But then you find out that they can get to like six feet long. No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And, you know, we've the Red Dragon, or, that, or the Bearded Dragon, rather, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, story from a couple of minutes ago, kind of kind of got me started down this path of looking at animals <laughs> and things like that. And, yeah. you know, it just, I, yeah. There are some crazy things in this world. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Mark was talking about how, like, in Florida, when it gets really cold, because they're so overrun by, um, what, iguanas? Is that what it is they yeah, have there? Yeah, iguanas. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, they're overrun. Like, I think iguanas look cool. But when I see videos out of Florida where people are doing everything they can to get rid of these things, mm. and, and you're like, because they have become a real nuisance and yeah. a real problem. Yeah. The, but, it is the know. definition of an invasive species. It really right. is. Yeah. But can you imagine you're, you know, they, they get cold and will pretty much like fall asleep or whatever. And then they'll like fall out of a tree or something. And <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm yeah. just picturing you're out, you know, you're on your driveway doing a little cleanup on a chilly day. And all of a sudden, boom, yeah, because I got squirrels that throw pine cones at me. I can't imagine an iguana throwing himself, you know? That's just funny. We actually had that story at one point, I think. Where oh, we, yeah. It was on last fall when it was getting, it got, there was a cold snap, and they were talking about iguanas dropping out of the trees because they, they would just get cold. You know, they're, they're cold-blooded reptiles. Mm-hmm. Right. They just kind of shut down when it gets cold, and they were falling out of trees onto people's cars, on top of their heads, things like and that. And they're trying to figure out what to do with them, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there was an episode of Dirty Jobs. I think it was Dirty right. Jobs. Uh, Mike Rowe went to South Florida and worked with a crew. And all this crew does, it's a company that just takes care of the iguana problem. And they, wow. they go everywhere with these pellet rifles. And they pick them off mm-hmm. out of the trees and stuff like that. And they got to chasing some of them. I mean, 
they showed them three and four feet long, right? You know, out sunning on banks and stuff, and then they showed yeah. the banks underneath, you know, where they were sunning, and they were had little tunnels all dug in them, and that was one of the big oh. problems was that they <laughs> they dig they dig and they tunnel, and they're undermining seawalls, they're they're undermining the foundations of homes and apartment buildings, and that are on the canals and such, wow. and so it's it has become a problem. So much of a problem that uh, some of the uh, some of the actually governments in South Florida are telling their people, "Hey, go out and buy a pellet gun and help us out." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's open season on the lizards. People, go get them. You got to pump that thing more than twenty times, though. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max Show. You know, as we uh, <laughs> as we go through the pile of prep that Mark. <laughs> compiles for the show interesting you use the word pile i (laughs) yeah because i thought this was um that it was written wrong because here's the headline i saw okay yeah sheep sentenced to three years in prison for killing a woman Mm -hmm. yeah now i've heard of a kangaroo court before but (laughs) i think we might have taken this a step too far (laughs) maybe a sheep actually was arrested and sentenced to three years in prison after it killed a woman in Africa. The sheep was arrested in South Sudan earlier this month after, or last month after attacking a woman who later died from her injuries. The ram attacked by hitting her ribs and the old woman died immediately, said the police chief there. Um, our role as police is to provide safety and separate fi- and separate fights. The ram was apprehended and s- currently is under custody at a police station. The animal was approached and taken to a local jail where it was found guilty of murder and sentenced to three years in a military camp. <laughs> the owner is innocent and the ram is the one who perpetrated the crime. So it deserves to be arrested. Then later on, the case shall be forwarded to customary court where the case can be handled amicably. So says this police chief. Um, the oh, local Lord. court has also ruled that the owner of the sheep has to pay the victim's family five cows as compensation. Well, so uh, grandma okay. was worth five cows is what we're getting at here, man. <laughs> so now we got to change the lyrics. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> grandma got run over by a sheep. <laughs> it just doesn't have the same ring. No, I don't see how you can sentence a sheep to prison for three years when we could eat it for dinner now. True. Why do we have to wait? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, as we wind things down for the day, I got to be honest, when I saw um, this, I thought, this is going to be a joke, right? Mm. Guy walks into a Burger King. You know, that just sounds like, <laughs> It's no. a setup, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've tried to order from a fast food restaurant recently, you may have noticed a longer wait for service. You had that experience at Taco Bell recently, uh, remember? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> well, a Pittsburgh Action News 4 viewer shared a video of one local restaurant with not a single employee or a customer inside. <laughs> he says in the closed? He says in the video, hey, showed up at this Burger King on Noblestown Road and there's nobody in there. Nobody in here. He went to the went to the drive-through. Nothing. In the video, Laz Tantalo describes his experience when he tried to order food on a Friday afternoon. He went through the drive-through and there he saw no workers, went into the dining room and found nobody was there. He even opened the door found nobody in the kitchen anybody here hello 
Pittsburgh's Action News 4 learned that the single employee who showed up for their shift that day just left. A manager eventually <laughs> showed up on the uh, up to lock the doors until the restaurant wow. could be staffed. A Burger King wow. spokesperson provided a written statement on the incident saying, We have been advised by the franchise of this location that the shift leader had to leave due to a family emergency and sent the team home. In the process, a door was inadvertently left open. Once it was determined that the building was not secured, another manager came to secure the building. I ain't believing that at all. <laughs> no way. Because you're they're trying. Think about it. You're going to tell me that yeah. I, I, the leader had a famous. So everybody goes home. Right. Nah. Yeah. No. Nope. I think probably what it. happened. Was Nobody guy, showed up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> either that or this the, this team leader shows up and gets a phone call. Hey, uh, mom and them is sick or something. You know what I mean? He gets a phone call. Hey, I got to go. I'll be back just as quick as I can. You keep the ship afloat here. All right. I'll be back. And when he leaves, everybody looks at each other and says, all right, we're out of here. And they yep. just all left. Right. <laughs> and nobody has a key to lock it up. So go right. See yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, of all the negative things that could happen, you know, but it didn't think about a little kid going in there, you know, and yeah, wanting some fries and deciding they're going to come. And of course, then there's the Dave and you know, would be my luck. I'd go in there and think, well, Hey, it looks like it's time for a cookout poolside, you know, grabbing all the meat. I'd get home and find out that I grabbed the meatless meat burger, you know? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.